Hello and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where every week that Shonen Jump comes out, we read all the chapters on Visit Shonen Jump website, as well as another collected volume of manga. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. And this week we came back and read Frame of Rekka Volume 4, since we've been reading that one volume every month. And we didn't know how long Shonen Jump was going to be on hiatus. It looks like stuff's back together. There is a issue scheduled for next week. But with how bad Japan is, who knows if that's going to be regular or not. Yeah, so we're just kind of playing it by ear. Yeah. No new series this week either. I don't know if they thought as we did that it was a bad time to start them or if they were only going to launch two, because there's still a full 20 chapters. They might have only launched two, or they might have decided now is a horrible time to launch a new series, like an additional new series. Like maybe they were like, let's push it back a little bit until jumps in a more stable place. That could be. I could believe either one, because like I said, it's full, but yeah. Demon Slayer seems like it it could end any week now, and we've talked about how um, we never learn it. I'm pretty sure I saw something that said it was ending next week. Next week? Okay. I would believe that very much. And We Never Learn and Promise Neverland aren't going to be too far behind it. Yeah. So they need to start launching stuff like crazy, but also they have Burn the Witch coming up, so who knows? Yeah. So speaking of Demon Slayer, shall we get into it? Sure. First, we have Demon Slayer Chapter 204, A World Without Demons. What did you think of Demon Slayer this week, Kevin? I really liked this denouement. I liked it and didn't like it. There are definitely aspects I really liked. I really liked pretty much all of Nezuko, everything she said and didn't. I liked the Hashiras coming, and I really liked the like, disbanding of the Demon Slayer core and Tanjiro's injuries. Mm-hmm. But there was something about the pacing of it. It felt like it was going to be the last chapter, and... Setting up for the last one next week makes a lot of sense, too. But it also felt like it was kind of like everything here could have been. It felt like not a lot happened, I guess. Like, even as far as emotional catharsis goes, it didn't feel like we wrapped up a lot. Yeah, I I feel like we wrapped up a lot with, like, the other Hashira and stuff like that. But the main characters didn't have much. And I think their wrap up is going to be next week. I agree, but the other Hashiras was only a couple of pages of the stuff. I don't know. It just left me feeling kind of weird. I also enjoyed it, obviously, since I listed all the things I liked, which was most of what was going on. Mm -hmm. But it seemed like a weird beat to me. That said, when it's all collected or when it's the last episode of the anime, it'll go fine. It just, I don't know. It felt like weird pacing-wise to me. Like I said, I don't feel like a lot happened. Like there was no big emotional catharsis, at least for me. The stuff with the Hashiras, like I said, I did really like, but it seems like you could have had that in a chapter that also had stuff for the main characters. Totally possible, but I I really liked the thing with the technically one surviving demon. Yeah, that that's true. That was a good bit. I also liked that. Yeah, so I liked that bit. I liked the thing with Kane. Yeah, the I, I the the flower, butterfly. The, yeah, the well, she's the fl- I think she was the flower Hashira, or no, gotcha. she I don't, she wasn't a Hashira. I don't think. No, she was just the butterfly's apprentice. Yeah, I liked that too, but I wanted more to it, and I think that's one of my biggest things with it. I was like, well, that's okay, but it didn't seem like it moved much, and I would have liked something bigger there. And maybe it'll show up next week. Could be. Yeah, I don't dislike it or anything. I just, 
it's difficult to compare, but Naruto has such a good epilogue. That's kind of what I wanted, and it feels like they had to stretch it into two. And I don't know that a lot got accomplished here. I gotcha. I still did really enjoy it. I'm just being critical and nitpicky, but I, I, when the chapter was over, I felt like I hadn't, I wasn't feeling what the author wanted me to feel. Okay. Anything else you wanted to say on Demon Slayer? Nope. Uh, next, we have One Piece chapter 979, Family Problem. What did you think about One Piece this week, Kevin? I really enjoyed the Straw Hat shenanigans. Yeah, I really like Chopper and, and Usopp in a tank is good. Chopper and Usopp in a tank with all the girls and yes. Sanji being and Sanji like, being why like, do you I want to be in a tank with the girls. <laughs> and Usopp is like, there's absolutely no way you can outshoot the cannon compared to me. Yeah, it's very good. And and I kind of like the cliffhanger. It's it's not a tremendous one, but Luffy's going to punch somebody in two weeks, and I'm always up for that. Yeah, that was really good. I like the setup that Jinbei is going to kind of be like the battlefield commander for the yeah. Straw Hats. Like, he's like, I'm, you know, clearly you guys, or not clearly, but it's important to have somebody who sits back and like watches all of the battles. And since he's a veteran, like, oh yeah, I can be the battlefield commander guy. Like, you know, I've been through a ton of large scale conflicts before. I can see things that maybe you guys don't. And I just want to be useful to you. Since this is my debut battle as a straw hat. <laughs> yeah, never mind the fact that I'm literally the strongest person on the planet. Um, I don't think he's... I don't think Jimbei's stronger than Luffy, yeah. personally. I don't know if he's even stronger than Zoro. Although, speaking of straw I, hat I shenanigans, I did really... Okay, that's fair. Um, Yeah, he's gotta be up there. It's him or Frankie on the straw hats. Well, he was sold as, like, the strongest person besides, like, maybe Kaido or Big Mom. Like, he was the strongest, like, the strongest fishman. Yeah. And that's always the thing with fishmen, too, is like, oh, they're, like, you know, ten times strong. stronger underwater. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly underwater, I don't think anyone can really beat Jimbei. But yeah, I just meant, it, it's always that confusing thing of, like, physical strength versus, like, battle strength. And, like, he yeah. was, like, listed as, or touted as, one of the strongest people in the world. Yeah. Well, and I definitely think he is. I just think Luffy is also one of the strongest people in the world. He just doesn't get that reputation, really. Yeah. Speaking of Zoro and Straw Hat Shigan, I do love the bit where, like, well, Luffy wandered off on his own. His Jimbe Sisson's like, oh, no, why didn't you go after him? He's like, it's fine. Zoro said he would go after him. <laughs> they're like, he's just going to get lost. Well, it wasn't just that. It was... <laughs> Luffy saw Kid yeah. going off, and he was like, I need to make sure they don't do anything stupid. And they were all like, oh my god, that's only going to make it worse. And Zoro was like, I need to make sure he doesn't do anything stupid. Oh my god, he's going to get <laughs> lost. Yeah. It's super good. Like, Jinbei's a nice set of fresh eyes for some uh, Straw Hat shenanigans. Yes, it was very good. the tension builds in the back. Anything else you wanted to say about One Piece? Not this chapter, no. That brings us to My Hero Academia number 270, Inheritance. What did you think of My Hero this week, Kevin? This had some cool, like, I want to call them villain-building reveals. Yeah, it's like, it's a huge escalation of the stakes of not only this arc, but, like, the entirety of the villains, right? Yeah. I want to say this up front. I've said this a bunch of times with My Hero, which you know I love, even though I've been very, like, 
eager to critique it lately. The thing I've always thought My Hero is bad at is I feel like when it comes to Tomura in particular, he's always just like a little too late in like building Tomura up again. Mm-hmm. And it always just doesn't like it's just a little too late. I think that's the case again here, even though there's like a huge change in the stakes. So this chapter is mostly about present Mike talking with the doctor who do we even know his name since it got changed? We do know his name because it got retroactively changed. Oh, because they edited it. Right. Yeah, they edited it. So I don't know what the new one is because I don't think I went back and read it. Uh, Gotcha. But we do know his name because they changed it in the digital version, at least. Any subsequent uh, printings as well would have a different one. Oh, yeah, and I I figured the collected volume would, but I forgot that because it's digital, they could just go in and edit it real quick. Yeah. But anyway, he's talking with Mike, and he's like, oh, yeah, you're my teleporter's friend. Actually, I was trying to get a razor head that time. That would have been awesome. And we find out he's the one who basically came up with the quirk singularity theory. Yeah. Because his quirk was that he could have double a natural lifespan. Essentially, yeah. But he gave it to all for one. And just, like, copied it into himself? Yeah, because him and All for One managed to figure out a way to copy ability. So he was like, I gave my original quirk to All for One, and he gave me a copy. And it wasn't just that it was... He doubled his lifespan. He he could, like, expend energy to increase his life force or something like that. So he'd, like, make himself physically weaker to live longer is kind of how I read it. And that was how All for One was kind of able to make himself basically immortal, because he could just then steal more energy. Yeah, steal quirks from other people and make up for it. But, like, the big reveal at the end here is that All for One also was using a copy of his quirk, and he gave the original to Tomura. Yeah. And it ends with showing Deku and Shoto, like, up on the streets, and Deku has, like, a Jedi moment where he's like, oh, shit's about to hit the fan after this reveal. Yeah, they, they're both thinking, he's coming. Yeah. yeah, Which is a huge reveal. It nicely escalates things for Tomura after Deku got that implicit power boost with being able to access all the old all, one-for-all quirks. Yeah. It also, you know, greatly raises the stakes that he can take other people's quirks. Um, yep. It got me really excited, um, and it was a real strong, like, finale to it too but like i said i always feel these reveals for tomura just come a little later than they should yeah i kind of know what you mean but i really like the chapter overall is there anything else you wanted to say about it kevin no all right that will lead us into bone collection chapter two i want to become human what did you think of bone collection this week kevin the power of boners is stronger (laughs) i actually really like this chapter until the end which seemed super rushed and weird Yeah. I mean, I was very critical of Bone Collection last week, but for the most part, it's doing stuff I wanted to see or didn't know I wanted to see, but did. Yeah, it had some interesting stuff, but yeah, right at the end there, it was just kind of like, okay, that that wrapped up everything nicely in a very odd bow. I'm like, is this a cultural joke I don't get? Because, like, I don't even have an idea. This isn't just like, oh, the Japanese find this funny and I don't. I'm like, do the Japanese find this funny? Is this a reference to, like, a modern Japanese pop culture thing I don't get? Is it implying that he's gay? Like, because that's... I'm guessing it's some kind of reference to the fact that he's cross-dressing, because he's wearing a a girl's Is it a girl's swimsuit? swimsuit? Okay. Yes. 
Because the the guys don't wear one piece swimsuits. That's so it's a girls' school swimsuit. Okay, you're right. I was like, but Mike Michael Phelps would wear a one piece like that potentially, and so I was just thinking like, oh, he's, no, he wears a speedo. Oh, you're, you're right. But I've seen diving suits like that, so that that, that kind of went over my head. No, you're right. Now that you say this, but yeah, it just it immediately read as a school swimsuit to me because like a diving suit would be full body, not yeah, you're right, just the one piece. And men would either wear very tight, like, compression shorts, swimsuits, or a Speedo. Okay, you're right. For some reason, that went right over my head. I don't know why it wasn't a dress instead. I guess a dress would be pretty hard to get under that outfit is the only thing I can think. Well, it was probably a... Because, like, it's a weird swim school swimsuit perversion thing in Japan, I know. Like, that's a very odd thing to be attracted to pl- on top of a cross-dressing thing. So, like, I guess that's what they were going when for. When you say it, I get it. It just went right over my head. And also, it was really fast to wrap things up, too. The thrust of the chapter, though, is that the yokai woman wants to become a human because she hates the yokai world. And she thinks if the main character, whose name I didn't write down, uses all of her power, she will become human. Yeah. I also do love immediately when Reno is like, what are you doing with this woman? Uh, she just goes, oh, I'm his fiance." <laughs> and yes. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. I also love there's this one panel where he's considering whether or not he wants to do it. And he's like, no, I can't just take your power. That's forbidden here. And he's got a scale. It's one end is risk of death, which is greatly outweighed by boobs. Yes. I liked that. I liked the the thing that like different bones have different yeah, powers. Yeah, because in this one, like, he, that was really he cool. gets a sniper rifle, which is like, before he was like, super Ichigo and Bleach-like, which is part of why I said I didn't think he was going to survive with Kubo. And while his art style is definitely similar, and he definitely owes a lot to Bleach, the like, sniper rifle power he gets in this one means there's a lot more potential for the fights to look a lot different. Yeah, because like, the first time I read it, like, I get the Ichigo thing, but I read it more as a battle axe, because it looked like he had like, the hit bones yeah. as the head of the an axe. The one thing that's concerning to me is he's like, oh, the average human has like 300 bones. And so it made me think, wait, so is he going to have a different power every time he activates it? Like, that seems unnecessarily complicated. Sure, but it gives the author an excuse to make as many powers as he wants, right? I don't think... I, I see where your concern is coming from, but to me that reads more as potential than problem. Well, the the main thing that really threw me off was it made it sound like every time he uses the ability, it's going to be a different bone. And once he uses that It'll bone, be used up. it's lost all its power and it's used up. So I was like, so I'm never going to see the same stuff again. That will get really old really fast like it's cool that different bones have different abilities and it's like oh i just need to like use your general power and you know like i can be like oh i need the sniper rifle this time but and i mean sure it's like if he grabs her other thigh bone that will also be a sniper rifle probably but it just sounded like oh i just got you know i i get this one trick pony so somehow i know exactly how to use it and then after I'm done using it, I'm done forever. Yeah, I think there's lots of ways around that. I also had that thought at first, but, you know, you can do, like you said, multiple of the same bone in the body. I almost guarantee that at some point in the series, he'll learn to control what power he wants to take. And then he'll be able to repeat them. And then also you have the out of, he says, in the average human body. And you can easily do a thing where you just have a hand wave of, oh, but she's a yokai, so her body is actually super different. 
Yeah, it was just the apprehension of like, oh, so am I never going to see the same thing again? I agree with you that would be kind of lame because some of these are cool, but I think it has more potential than problem as a power set goes. I think there's lots of ways around that problem. Yeah, that's totally fair. It was just that was the apprehension I got when I was first reading that. Like, oh, so I get to touch her 300 more times and then she's human again. I was like, that's that's kind of like a weird limit to put on your series. It is, but also 300 is absurdly high enough that you'll never hit it. it and is. like I said, there are ways to wiggle out of that. I can think of a lot, honestly. Yeah. Like, I, I like that this has an actual end goal, unlike in Bleach, which is one of the main problems i have with bleach as a manga is ichigo doesn't have like an end goal he's just kind of like yeah i'm just kind of like here and fighting like luffy has he's trying to reach one piece and this kid's got well i want to use up her power and make her human so like there's an end goal and it can take however long it takes but i do like that there's at least an end goal set hey we're going to turn human and get married yeah maybe (laughs) Maybe. That kind of brings me to what my main concern was. I really like the character of Reno, who is the other girl. I loved at the start when she's like, oh my god, this harlot's trying to take him away from me, which establishes it as a love triangle, which is what I wanted. But she immediately gets damseled here. Yeah. And, you know, if you're getting it over out of the way early, that's fine. But that is the one thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way about this. No, that that's totally fair. Especially because, so like... It kind of makes sense where the main reason she gets captured is she's still shocked over her childhood friend now suddenly has a fiance. Yeah. And she's literally too stunned to move. So she goes into that stupid, I'll call it chibi mode. Yeah. And is literally in that mode trapped inside the monster. Like she literally just didn't move for hours because she was too stunned i just would have you're right and i did like that i just would have loved if she was still stunned afterwards and we saw it was just because of that and like the monster had no effect on her that's a that's a good reading though well that was the the main problem i had was that they didn't then do anything afterwards like you said if it had been like it cuts to his brother afterwards being like hey are you all right and it's still her (laughs) looking like that like oh no i wasn't in any danger whatsoever i just i was too stunned to move yeah. That said, I, after the second chapter, I actually have a lot more hope for this series than after the first. Despite the ending being very rushed. That's fair. Anything else you wanted to say on it? Nope. That will bring us to Mori King Chapter 3 and Errand. What did you think of Mori King this week? It was alright. Like, it didn't make me laugh a ton. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like, oh, this, the, you know, like, I'm so excited for this. But at the same time, I wasn't like, hey, I'm not excited to read this. It was just like, that That was an enjoyable experience. I I read Mori King and don't regret it. Yeah, I I think it was by far the weakest chapter of Mori King so far. I assume you'll agree with me on that. Yes. And also, I was kind of disappointed in it because it didn't make me laugh, nor did it really progress things. Um. Like, if this is the status quo, if it's just a bad chapter, and it might be, that's fine. But if this is the new status quo, I think Mori King's going to end up, um, you know, battling with Mitama for the lower mid of the board. Yeah, that's fair. I I did have a couple of, like, moments that I kind of liked in it. So while it was the weakest of the three chapters, it it didn't feel like to me, oh, this is how the story's going to go for the rest of the thing. And it was when the girl... The sister was like, I you, I have to help my friend. 
And so she finally, like, gave up on... I do like the running gag that, like, pretty much everyone is just okay with Mori King. Like, yeah, there's some flying insect dude, whatever. Yeah, it just didn't work as well this time. I think because it was just general people and not, like, a specific person reacting to him. Yes. Like, I'm not saying that the joke worked as well. I just, I like that that's the running gag that she's the oldest. She's like, people are going to find out and, like, the government's going to come abduct him. And uh, everyone else just was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Is there, like, a new hero in town or something? (laughs) Yeah. Anything else you wanted to say on Mari King? No. That will bring us to Act Age Scene 111, The Real Thing. What did you think of Act Age this week? I really liked Act Age this week. I really liked that it kind of showed uh, progression, not just for K, but also for the the younger senpai. Yeah. I forget her name, but I really liked that the... Butterfly. The talent director was like, I didn't just bring her to see you to have you train her how to be a TV star. I also wanted you to see that there are different ways at coming at acting. And I don't want you to try and compete or necessarily compete or uh, copy her. But this is an answer to how you act. And I wanted you to see a different answer to the question. Yeah. I really like the bit early on where she's like, okay, I got done talking to them and it's not meant to taste good. It's meant to like actually rehydrate you after you run. So I need to run for an hour. And they're all like, you're crazy. You've inconvenienced just uh, so much. And uh, her agent's like, Hey, you can do that in your head. Right. And she's like, Oh yeah. And she just like spaces out for a second and suddenly gets sweaty. And like, it's a superpower. (laughs) That was very good. That was another uh, acting taken to the level of superpower. Yeah. So if Tyler ever complains about act age, we could be like, yeah, so uh, she decided to run for an hour inside her head and physically manifest that. Because even, I love butterflies, even like, all right, so I'm going to be your senpai teaching you everything you need to know. Now, first question, how did you get so sweaty? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, wait, I I have to answer questions now. I thought you were going to teach me things. Yeah. That said, I, I definitely liked Act Age, but sort of like with Demon Slayer, I thought it was like a weird, odd beat. And with Act Age and quite a few of the series we didn't, aren't going to talk about, but I feel like it's not really the series' fault. It's the pacing of what real life is dictating right now. Because having to yeah, the two week break, having to wait two weeks for this chapter is a lot more disappointing than it would have been if I had to wait one week. Yeah, that that didn't factor in too much to my stuff, but I definitely do understand that feeling it was more when i was of, ranking things i was expecting a lot of things to go like higher or better and i'm like man this was really meh this was really meh and i sort of had to take a step back and realize it's because this is you know meant to be a rapid fire pace and yeah my my middle of the rankings this giant muddled mess of like i kind of liked everything kind of similarly so like i've just got this giant chunk of my rankings of just like that one there, sure. Why not? Anything else you wanted to say about Act Age? It seems like this arc has kind of wrapped up and we're going to move on past the her being a TV star because it seems like... Alright, so they got her, her couple of com- commercial deals and the cliffhanger being, alright, now everyone in Japan will know who Kay is. Yeah. It seems like we'll probably be moving on to something else. Yeah, and I think that's another reason this chapter of Act Age was kind of meh. We talked about the first half a lot. We didn't even mention what happens in the second half. It's just kind of like, yeah. honestly, it's a denouement. Yeah, it's just like, like, here's some beat. And I think that hurts yeah. a lot more when it's a two-week break. 
Yeah. Is one of the reasons I brought that up. All right, that brings us to the Promised Neverland chapter 176. We're home. What did you think of Promised Neverland this week? I liked it. I really liked the ending of this one. I like it in concept. It's got a a real like, oh no, this monster suddenly appeared, like end of a horror movie jump scare feel. Which honestly is probably what they're going for. Yeah. It just seemed like it needed a little more setup to me. Like it seemed like it was just trying to emotionally manipulate me. And obviously it is. All stories are nothing but emotional manipulation. But like, it seemed like a sacrifice that they had planned early on and didn't suddenly didn't know how to get into the series. Maybe I didn't get that feeling. I, I really liked it. And I kind of liked the spur, not the spur of the moment thing, but I just, I liked the, uh, you know, Emma throws down her gun. It's just like, ah, man, we did it. We're home. We won. Only it's not over until it's over. It's like, oh, there's one more demon. And everyone's like, crap, we left our guns over there because we were so excited to see all the kids. And just having Isabella step in to save her just felt really nice to me. I like the beat a lot. Like I said, I just don't think like the setup is good. Okay. Yeah. And I'm, you know, again, being highly critical, I think more critical than I would have been if we'd gotten this two weeks ago when we were supposed to get it in air quotes. Mm hmm. I guess I would have liked it. I don't know. Different circumstances would have made this sacrifice, I think, a lot more powerful. And I, like I said, I just felt emotionally manipulated rather than like upset that Isabella, like concerned for her well-being or, you know, empathetic towards Emma for seeing her mom that she finally got back die. I mean, I, I still really feel that because like just a couple chapters ago, Isabella was kind of like, all right, yeah, and you can kill me like I know you want to. And so she got that reconciliation. Yeah, well, that was super powerful. To me, the sacrifice packs a lot more punch because she was like, but I got my happy ending. Yeah. Like, I get to live. And then she, not threw that away, but then she gave that away to save Emma again. And so I, I just, I really like I that. like the beat for all the reasons you're talking about. I just think it was poorly set up. I think you could have, like, I think if a demon had come out of nowhere, literally, instead of like the even the one panel setting him up, that would have been better. Because the setup just seemed really weak. I don't know. Like I said, I just felt like, oh, they're trying to make me feel bad because Isabella might die. And not like, oh my god, Isabella. So like I said, it just felt like, like with Demon Slayer, I actually compared them a lot. It felt like I just didn't feel what the author wanted me to feel. Even though I did like the chapter. I really liked the Mm -hmm. stuff with Phil and the stuff with Isabella talking to the other mother. I gotcha. And everybody being like, oh my god, Norman's alive. Anything else you wanted to say on Promise Neverland? That will bring us to We Never Learn, X equals 157, Thumbelina Supercomputer, Part 7. They're dressed up as maids and butlers, because it's We Never Learn. Yep. Also, they're at a board game convention trying to sell their board game. Yep. That's very cute. I I really liked the moment with, so it turns out, Ogata and Yu-Gi-Oh! had noticed that Sekijo was kind of like bottling up her feelings, and they were like, we want to help her be herself. So Ogato comes up with the idea, I know, let's make a special board game to remind her that she's important to us, and also that her feelings are important to her parents as well. So they come up with a special version of their board game that has like moments of when they were friends and moments that she's told them about her family, uh, kind of all mixed in together, to and then to get them to be tricked together to sit down and play this board game and finally like 
talk as opposed to just Sekiju's being like, yeah, it's it's fine. Just don't don't worry about me at all. And both of the parents feeling very awkward about it as well. Yeah, I really liked the whole like, hey, let's make her her own board game aspect. That was very sweet. Like the whole yep. chapter is a super strong payoff to what's been set up. It's yep. what we never learn is really good at. So it wasn't particularly funny is the only criticism I have for it. But even that, it's like it's not supposed to be. It's not the time for that. But that's the only thing that yeah. makes it fall short of like a perfect we never learn chapter. Yeah. The closest thing to being funny was when it was revealed that the ghost hacked Sekijo's phone to get her dad to show yeah, up. Yeah, and even that's more of a explanation of how it happened. Yeah. Like I said, that's the closest it gets to being funny, but I still really liked it. Yeah, I did as well. Anything else you want to say on it? Nope. That will lead us to Dr. Stone's Z equals 149, Light Lure in Darkness. What did you think of Dr. Stone this week, Kevin? This is a cool escalation of the story. It is. It's got, like, very Dr. Stone pacing, and I don't know if that works for it or against it, honestly, as a chapter. Because it's just mm-hmm. kind of like a boring Dr. Stone chapter where stuff's happening, and then it's got, like, a just killer reveal in the last couple of pages. And it does do a good yeah. job of, like, building tension towards that reveal. Yeah. And like you said, it's a very cool direction for the story to go, and it um, makes them coming to America feel like a bigger deal. It makes America, I think, feel like a different place and makes them feel out of their element. Yeah, it really does. I really like that they kind of basically hit the mathematics of probability. They don't say anything like that, but because it's like, hey, look, there's another person here. And it's like, well, I mean, with, you know, a couple billion people on the planet, there are not... Like, because Senku was self-revived, the odds aren't zero that someone else would as well. Yeah, I like that. It, the odds are pretty low that it would be another genius scientist, which seems to be what they're setting up, because whoever it is has a machine gun. That might not necessarily be the case. I could see a something along the lines of, like, he found a military bunker that could be. or something like that that had, that had been sealed. And so he was able to salvage the machine gun. That could be. But they, they are setting up at the end of this a fight between two scientists, which I think is the more interesting thing to give Senku a Vegeta of sorts. Yeah. Especially since we now and since we now have like a strong fighting force for the good guys, they need something that's informatable. And they've already like elevated guns to an almost anime level in this setting where like you're almost unstoppable with one. So a machine gun is an even higher level than that. Yeah, it just, to me, it had the feeling of, even though he, he probably is a scientist. He might not be Senku, he's just, like, he understands the scientific method. Well, and I mean, he could be another scientist, but it, I just meant it didn't feel like he invented a machine gun again. Gotcha. Like, the, especially with the, the look of the machine gun, made it look like a military machine mm-hmm. gun. Like, like rather than, had, like, a Gatling gun. Yeah, rather than a Gatling gun, it was like, you know, it, it looked like he probably found this. Because if, you know, it is, oh yeah, it's I've managed to make the manufacturing capacity to build one of those machine guns, then them coming to America is, oh cool, we've, we've like, all we got to do is beat this guy and we've won. Yeah. I also wonder, like, the thing I was thinking is a different direction, which is, like, why would that guy need to make a machine gun? Like, to me, that implies there are other threats here. Totally possible. That, that are, you know, worthy of needing a machine gun. Although if he just if that's the gun he found, then your theory makes a lot of sense too. Yeah, that that's just I 
I feel like he found some kind of weapons cache. And so, like, he's probably, you know, still, he he has to be at least at some level a scientist, even if he's just living alone. Like, at the very least, he's an extremely adept survivalist, which you're pretty close to a scientist at that point anyway. It's just Senku's much broader in his scope, so maybe this guy's just more focused, or maybe he is the Vegeta to Senku, and we're going to have another scientist battle, which is going to be really cool since it's mainly been Senku versus brute strength. Yeah, and even the idea of them like meeting other civilization is really interesting. Yeah. I guess they've kind of done it before, but it's never been, like, treated as, like, they met another nation before. And, like, if they have to trade for corn, that's also interesting. Yeah, because this will be another nation as opposed to, even though he they did meet the village, it basically was revealed that, well, this was his dad's yeah. village, essentially. So, like, they didn't know it when they first met, but he was already one of the villagers, basically. But there was also Soyaz's village that we just went through. Which is a yeah, similar I, thing. That's true. Yeah, I just like very interesting direction. I feel like this is something Dr. Stone has needed and I didn't know it needed it. But now that it's here, I'm very excited for it. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to say on Dr. Stone? Nope. All right. Last but not least, that leads us to Guardian of the Witch, Chapter 13, Conversations. I don't want to be a downer, but the first thing I want to say is I was like, I, I don't want to say I forgot Guardian of the Witch, but it's been pretty early in the magazine and up until now. So it being. Like, mm-hmm. kind of near the back gives me uh, bad vibes. Could just be a coincidence, though. Yeah. I I liked the chapter fairly so well. So did I, actually. I really liked the bit where they they crash into the witch's tower. Yeah. And they're, you know, freeze. And Manaswa immediately covers Fafnir's eyes because she, she was, like, in her underwear, admi- like, not admiring, but uh, examining the fact that the like the evil's core has spread really far over her body. Yes, I I love that panel. And I also love Fafnir like not protesting at all at the end being like please get dressed so I can see. Yes, cuz <laughs> even he's like I you know, I'm not trying to stare at this naked girl and be a perv. He's just like, "All right, can I like op- can I open my eyes now, guys?" Yeah. Yeah. Um it was exactly the beat I kind of expected, but also not in a bad way. Yeah, so Fairly good. I don't know that Guardian I have anything else to say about it, though. Me neither. All right, then. That will bring us to Jump Card. Jump Card is the segment where we rank everything we read on Shonen Jump, even the stuff we don't talk about every week. 20 chapters this week, so what do you have at number 20, Kevin? I have a Gravity Boys down at number 20, because it's just... Plus one. I I don't like the jokes, and it's like, hey, Chris is a super cute streamer now, but no. Yeah, I mean, there's just no setup and no reason, and it's not particularly funny. I mean, it's a joke we've seen no. a bunch of times before. Yeah, and it's like, oh, we need money now for reasons. Yeah. 
and then it, it like it immediately gets solved in the chapter. Oh yeah, we made you know billions of dollars, and then Chris quit. I was like, okay. Yeah, it's it's just all the stuff that's wrong with the Gravity Boys, right? Yep. What do you have at nineteen? I've Mitama at nineteen. It's not that it was a particularly bad chapter of Mitama. I just I wasn't really feeling it, and like I said, a lot of my rankings are just kind of like there, I guess. I had very similar feelings about Mitama, but I actually put Black Clover at 19. And I see it's a very similar situation as as weeks past, where this is a, you know, secondary Black Clover character that you care about and I don't. I I don't have it much higher. I do I do care about I'm blanking on his name. <laughs> so you care so deeply, I see. One of the problems is he's not one of the Black Bulls. He shows up very late in the series. He's the younger sister of, or the younger brother of the flame, like, captain lady. Okay. So he's, like, he's, you know, it was kind of cool. I liked the way he beat the bad guy by being like, all right, well, you're always X amount away from me. You just keep changing your position. So all I need to do is basically make, you know, this mile radius explode and I'll hit you. Uh-huh. I think the big problem with Black Clover right now is I feel like it's lost track of the stakes. Like, the Spade Kingdom is invading, and it's going to invade the Heart Kingdom, and I get that, but I don't understand what any of the, like, stakes are right now. Like, if this guy no, loses I, this I fight, what happens? What's bad about that? Well, like, one of the big things was is that the one of the Heart Kingdom dudes had been defeated, so it's like he completes his invasion, or he starts picking off more people essentially like that was that was the stakes i got out of this i it's still very vague and weird but i at least got something of like oh no i'm the last line of defense or this guy's gonna go run a rampage around our kingdom yeah i just i didn't get that at all what do you have at 18 i have haikyuu at 18 it just it kind of lost me yeah haikyuu like does, does sometimes, you a bunch. yeah this one didn't quite so bad for me uh there was a bunch of stuff i liked in haikyuu this week didn't go super high for me either though Mm-hmm. Um, I have Mitama at 18. Okay. But like I said, basically same reasoning as you. Yeah. And this was a slightly more serious Mitama, and I don't think that's to its benefit. I mean, it does still end on a joke. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's trying to change direction, but... Yeah, it's they've done this a couple of times where yeah. they have a bit more of a serious thing. Yeah, and I usually like it when it does, but this one was just... I think I need a couple parts for it to like that sort of thing. What do you have at 17? Yep. So I have Bone Collection down at 17. Really? Okay. Yeah. The apprehension of the fact that it's like, oh, so I am I have 300 powers, but I'm not ever going to be able to use the same one again, and the ending just kind of killed it. Yeah, the me. end... Like, even though it was like, the sniper rifle is super cool, and then it basically gets into that he'll never have it again. I was like, oh. The ending is what, you know, I had to see every time I was comparing something to Bone Collection. I'm like, yeah, but that ending. But it ended up going much higher for me. I have Chainsaw Man at 17. I really like sure. the ending of Chainsaw Man. Like, that's a cool beat. But the rest of it is just fight that, like, again, has kind of have me lost the way Chainsaw Man fights kind of do. Yeah, it ended up going a bit higher for me just because the ending's kind of cool. So, All right, what do you have at 16? I was just going to say, I have Undead and Luck at 16. <clears throat> it was kind of interesting but it just kind of fell into the muddle of like this was all stuff that i was like i liked it uh-huh but i didn't have strong feelings one way or another 
Uh, Undead Unluck is kind of the opposite of Bone Collection for me, or kind of similar to Chainsaw Man, I guess, in that I really like the ending, but it seems like they should have yeah. gotten to that faster in this story. Yeah. I have Haikyuu at 16. Because it did lose me Fair. a little, even though I said it didn't. I just really liked the kind of, some of the pacing of the words in it, I guess. Yeah, like, again, it it wasn't bad. It was just, I, it lost. What do you have at 15? I have Black Clover at 15. Okay. So, not anything really, like I said, I liked how he defeated the the bad guy, but that was about it. I have Mori King at 15, and I pretty much said my okay. part on that. It wasn't particularly funny. The characters are still interesting, but it gave me like, ooh, I don't know if I need this and Mitama in my book. And honestly, even though I put Mori King above Mitama this week, I feel like Mitama's more consistently funny than like this chapter of Mori King was. Yeah, but to be fair, Mori King's got two out of yeah, three yeah. that are pretty You're decent. Right. So I have Hell's Paradise down at 14. Even with reading all of the chapters that like this has been getting weekly releases this is just a very weird like part of the story story. like it's real hard to tell what's going on i was wondering if you had the same perspective on that yes i i had to go back and reread the last like four chapters and i was like this probably will work in a collected volume yeah but it's not because like it'll probably like it helped going back and rereading all the four chapters Mm -hmm. and then going through the lightest one again, it was like, okay, I've got a bit more of a grasp on this, but like, it was just, it's very weird. And it's not necessarily a bad weird. It's just, it's, I think it's purposely trying to be very confusing and mysterious, uh-huh. which is to its detriment, detriment yeah. because it, I'm reading it. Weekly. And you're trying to figure out what's going on. And you're like, who is this guy again? Yeah. Yeah. There's a, you know, it's so like, wait, was that the, no, is that that's that guy. Okay. And so like collective volume, excellent. Reading it in a bit, or not not necessarily excellent, but collective volume, better. Reading in a big batch like I did today after the second time reading through it, it was like, okay, I, I, it makes a bit more sense. I remember all what's going on. It just kind of, the one thing that hurts it, I guess, is that I'm reading all of Shonen Jump. So yes. like this big, deep mystery thing, little things that the, the chapter is trying to hint me towards is like, hey, you remember this thing? No, unfortunately not, because I'm reading 20 other series. So... Some of the details get muddled. Yeah, I wonder how much people are thinking about the the trade, so to speak, the collected volume versus the week to week, and it, where, if that changes depending on your position in Jump. And for something like uh, Hell's Paradise, which is not technically in Jump, it's on the website where there's infinite publishing space in theory. I wonder if that really changes things too. Yeah, or maybe depending, because I don't know which magazine it gets published. It's not published in, in a magazine. Oh, it's not. It's published part of Jump Plus. Okay, so, so it's, it's that online. I got you. Supplement to Shonen Jump. Yeah, so that's probably. I don't want to say they're using it as an experiment, but they're probably, like, it's it was extremely easy to be like, let me just go back four mm-hmm. chapters and like truck through those. Like it, you know, they're manga chapters; they don't take that long to read. So it's like I'm a little confused. I can like just immediately go back and not have to worry about. Oh, let me go find my other issues of Shona Jump. Go flip through the things to mm-hmm. uh, find this thing. I just wonder. I have Jujutsu Kaisen yeah. at fourteen. Okay. I like the fight scene, but I it didn't lose me. That's not what I want to say. But like the stakes just didn't feel strong. I, I liked a lot of it. I like the main character whose name I don't know being like, okay, you know, I I don't have to be the one who saves Gojo if I can stop this guy and help my classmates do it. I liked all the aspects to it, but it didn't like give me those good shonen chills. I got you. 
I actually did really like Jujutsu Kaisen this week. Uh, and the main characters eat a Dory. I was going to say Yukugo, so I was not right. Close, though. It was starts with an I. What do you have at Lucky 13? I have Chainsaw Man at 13. I thought the fight, at least this time, was visually interesting. And I really enjoyed the ending where it's like, haha, nighttime's coming on, and now I'm going to be even more powerful. And Denji just lights himself on fire, and he's like, let me show you the power of light. Yeah, the ending's super good. But, like, the rest of it really just did nothing for me. No, that's totally fair. It's not that much higher on mine yeah. than it was for yours. I just really liked the <laughs> yeah, bit it's good. where he's just like, oh, let me just light myself, like, goes uh, goes he into the... coats himself uh, in gasoline and just sparks up gasoline the and, Like, that's super good. Yeah. Yeah, this is, I was like, that was that was cool. I have Undead and Luck at 13. Again, okay. mostly for the ending, because I like the idea of, oh, stuff can't spoil in space, and Andy doesn't need to breathe. Like That's totally That's fair, a yeah. super good thing. It just seems like they should have come to that a chapter ago or so. I mean, that's fair. And, like, the front of the chapter seemed not like a total waste of time, but it wasn't doing near as much. Yeah. What do you have at 12? I have Mori King at 12. Okay. I, like I said, I liked the bit where the sister's like, hey, we need to help my friend. Even though she had like, just told Mori King, stop helping people because you keep doing it in weird ways <laughs> that are going to you know, make us stand out. Yeah, the, the Japanese, the, nammer that, the nail that uh, stands out gets hammered down. Yeah. Sort of philosophy. Yeah, so. I have Mashal at 12. Mashal's very okay. like, Shonen and not very funny this week, and I don't think that necessarily works well for it. But it is mm -hmm. a good beat, and it all works pretty well, and it's still a bit funny, just the way the art is. Yeah. No, I, it's fair. This is definitely the highest it's gone for, I think, both of us. I know there was one I really liked, but it might be the highest it's gone okay. for me. What do you have at 11? I have Mr. Nozakura at 11. Okay. I, I, I did really like it, but back to form with being silly jokiness with uh, introducing another weird pervert yes. into the cast. So like I, it was fairly good. Like I said, the middle of my list is just kind of this muck of like, I liked a lot of this stuff kind of evenly. I have hell's paradise at 11. I think I was giving it some benefit of the doubt since I haven't read it all. Mm -hmm. Oh, but I do like the mystery. feel. It feels intentional at the very least. Yeah, it does feel intentional. And it feels like but... there's forward momentum. Yes. And unlike Black Clover, I do understand what the stakes are. Yes. But yeah, it's in a weird, like, dreamy spot, huh? Yeah. So I have Mashal at okay. 10. I like this beat. I liked the... Especially the ending. Where he's where... like, you've only hit me twice. Yeah, Mashal sits down. It's like, come on, you got eight more to go. And the dude just being like, I can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I said, um, I hope Mashal doesn't go a super shonen direction because I think it's better when it's funny. But like, if it, if it I... can keep a balance, yes, that would be. Perfect. And I don't mind serious chapters like this, and then back to the jokes and stuff like that. Like that's totally fine as long as they're done kind of well. Like Mission Yuzakura family kind of does that as well. Sometimes mm -hmm. we'll have like some kind of like super serious chapters, and then back to the jokes. And it's like as long as it. It handles the transition well. I don't mind. Ah, it's super silly and funny, but we can get emotional, or we can get like super shonen battle serious yeah, if, at times if we need to. If Mashal can strike a pace like Mission Yuzakura does, then I think it'll have a really good place, especially with like we never learn ending. 
Yeah. Jump needs another good comedy. Um. Yeah. So. I have Act Age at ten actually, uh, mostly just because of that back half we didn't okay. talk about at all. That's fair. I did really like it, like we talked about, but there was just bits in the mid or towards the end that I thought weren't doing anything. Hmm. So I have Guardian of the Witch at number nine. It was a good Guardian of the Witch. I liked bits of it, so I just kind of ended up here. I have Mission Yozakura at nine. Okay. Really like the comedy aspects of it, and you know it's typical shonen ending, but that didn't ruin it or anything. It feels like yeah. it's like speaking of that midpoint, this feels like a Mission Yozakura family chapter that really nails both the action and the comedy. Yes. What do you have at eight? I have Jujutsu Kaisen at eight. I I liked the fight scene, and I liked that Itadori lost in this, like. Especially his thing of, like, I don't have to be the hero. We just need to save Gojo-sensei. So if I can stop this guy, then my teammates should be able to do that. Uh-huh. I'm like, I, I think if I... I don't know. I I know Jujutsu Kaisen's getting an anime, and I might get really into it when I see some of the early stories. We'll see. Yeah, the, anim, the anime should be super interesting, because I think this will be a really nice show to get... Or this will be really nice when it's animated. animated. Yeah. Yeah. I have Bone Collection at 8. Uh, we talked okay. about that a lot. The ending, uh, it would have gone probably higher if not for that weird ending. Mm-hmm. So I have Dr. Stone at 7. I do agree with you at the start. It's just kind of like your standard Dr. Stone chapter. And then it was like, hey, here's like a cliffhanger for the new direction the story's going. That's really cool. I'm, I'm down with this. Yeah. I have Guardian of the Witch at 7. Mostly that okay. joke we talked about with Fafner's eyes being covered, but also, like, I've talked about how Guardian of the Witch, like, it's, unfortunately, it's still not doing anything super original, but at least the th- the place it's, uh, the things it's copying right now feel like where it should be, mm-hmm. and are making me want to read more. Yep. So I have My Hero at number six. Some really cool stuff. Just a, the interesting reveal of the Tomura actually has All for One, and All for One just has a copy of his original quirk is very interesting, mm-hmm. especially with the, and I don't know how canon it is, but that the My Hero movie, yeah. the second one that we saw where it was like, you have to be special in order to hold multiple quirks at once. That's true. Like the Nomu had to be bioengineered in order to be able to do it. And they like lost their humanity and only of a couple of them managed to retain some level of intelligence. I assume that's why Tomaro is in the tank. Yeah. So, well, I'm wondering if it was that or if it, like, the one guy, like, looks at Deku and is like, this kid naturally has the ability to house multiple quirks. So maybe Tomura does as that well. That could be, yeah. Or maybe he had he had to be modified a little bit. But I just, I like that kind of, like, I'm pretty sure it's canon because the last movie was. Uh, so let's just, like, tie into, like, ooh, this is going to kind of be a cool thing that they can just kind of like throw in later and it's nice for the people who have seen the movie but doesn't necessarily like you don't necessarily have had to seen it to make it yeah have this all make sense i have demon slayer at six and i okay. went on about why i put it this low which six is not that low but like i talked about how i just it was kind of nice denouement but i didn't think it was very efficient so okay what do you have at five i have acted at five i do agree with you the back half was just i I don't think the two weeks affected me as much as they did you. So like the back half was like, we basically had half a chapter or the conclusion of the chapter. And then kind of like a denouement for this arc a little bit. I just, I really liked the, the bits in the middle with like 
especially butterfly being explained to that it's like hey you know i wanted to show you this is how she approaches acting and you don't need to copy her but this is an answer to the question of how do i be an actor Mm -hmm. it's good stuff don't get me wrong yep i have promised neverland at five again i went into again while i put it so low and five is not that low but because it didn't succeed at the emotional effect it was trying to have it went below my uh, top four that's fair so i have one piece hey of so do i i was gonna say are we only yeah, gonna like, have a gravity boys in the same spot is it's going to be the least similar we've ever been yeah well uh, we had some that were close we, yeah um it's just interesting because usually it's it's we have quite a few that we end up putting in the same place yeah one piece was good yeah i like the funny jokes but it wasn't stand out super amazing so yeah i would agree with you it was kind of hard like nothing seemed super stand out to me this week to be honest with you although i guess the stuff about one piece eh. is the exception to that for me yeah so i had uh the promised neverland at three i really liked the moment with isabella and the setup i didn't feel was horrible so i i just really liked the whole moment of like you know, there's this one demon that's like, no, I'm not going to listen to the queen and the duke and all of this nonsense. Like, this is my farm. You can't take my meat from me. Mm-hmm. And Isabella stepping in to save Emma because Emma's like, oh, no, you know, I'm not going to make it. And she sacrifices herself. And I think she's going, I think she's dead. Probably. We'll see. It, it would be kind of toothless to do anything else with her, right? But the point of a cliffhanger is to find out. I don't think she's dead. I think she's going to have a final speech, but I don't think she's going to oh, survive. Oh yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm just clarifying. No, it looks like she got. It looks like she got stabbed, like in the heart. And this being an anime yeah. or a manga, she'll have that final speech, even though one of those probably pierced one of her lungs. <laughs> but she'll probably have that final speech of like, "I'm dying. You guys can't save me, but I had to save you one last time mm-hmm. because you're my kid." Yeah. Although she needs, I feel like she needs some catharsis with Ray probably before the series is over. So we'll see. Maybe. I have Dr. Stone at three, mostly because of okay. how good the cliffhanger is and the new direction is, but also I really, really liked the build to that. Like it does, a, it okay. keeps showing all the really strong guys they got. And I think it did a good job of like building tension and making you realize, oh no, something has to come to challenge them. Especially with, uh, they kept interposing shots between that and, like, shadowy eyes, mm-hmm. like, tracking mm-hmm. them through the trees. So, I, I do agree with you. I, I liked Dr. Stone this week. What do you got at number two? I, I have We Never Learned at number hey, two. Hey, same. I just, I, I thought it was really cute. I really liked the emotional thing with Sekijo being like, I want to go back to the happy times when we were a family, and both of the her parents kind of admitting the same thing and i also like the realistic thing of agata's like that probably didn't fix their problems immediately but i'm glad that they took a step on the path to fixing their problems Mm -hmm. and i kind of hope that it like personally i kind of hope that it they still end up separating but doing so kind of happily like we didn't work together as a married couple but i still want to be a family Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, we'll see where it goes, but I I agree with you. Just kind of to show that, like, divorces don't have to be a bad thing. Uh Uh-huh. Like, 
it's just the the thing of like, oh no, a divorce is a happy marriage ending, and it's like, well, no, generally you don't end a happy marriage. Divorces are bad marriages ending. So maybe like, it you know, the two of them just didn't work out as much as they thought they did, but they still both love their daughters. So they're like, hey, like maybe we could make this work somehow without us living together, essentially. Yeah, although I do think that starting with the next chapter, we need to take a turn away from Sekijo and focus on Ogata and Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. Oh, unless it's going to really swerve the ending, which I don't think would be a terrible decision. No, uh, even then, we still had a lot of build-up with Ogata's... or Not a lot of build-up, but we had some hints into the build-up in their relationship. Where she was like, hey, don't worry, I'll always be there for you. But specifically, that is what made me think, okay, now that we need to make a turn and make the Sekijo thing way more the B-plot again. Which I think is going to happen. Yeah, I do too. I think this was the the catharsis moment for the Sekijo thing. Like, she took the first step into dealing with her family problems. And then we can kind of like, not shove that aside, but push that to the B-plot. And we had Ogata basically admitting, hey, I will always be there for Mm -hmm. you. Yu-Gi-Oh! and like see where that goes yeah so what do you have at number one so i have demon slayer at number one i just it's riding the high of demon slayer ending so i probably agree with you it wasn't the perfect denouement but i still really liked it i just liked you know all the surviving people showing back up i really liked the bit where the like support core comes in to say hi to Tanjiro and Zenitsu's, like, uh, they fill the entire room. Yeah, There are parts I liked about it, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I have My Hero at one. Even though I talked about how I felt like, uh, you know, they're always a little too late with Tomura. Mm-hmm. Like, we got Deku here, which is what I've been waiting for. Like, the characters I've been waiting for are on screen and at the end, and it does seem like it's going to, like, a big blowout. I mean, we'd know if this was the final arc, right? But it has final arc energy, and I think that's in a good yeah. way. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't really know what else to say about it. Like I said, not a lot blew me away this week. My Hero and Dr. Stone made me really excited for what's to come, though, which is why they went so high. Yeah, that's fair. Anything else you want to talk about about Shonen Jump this week, Kevin? Nope. All right, then. We will be talking about Flame of Recca Volume 4 after the break. So we read Flame of Recca Volume 4 this week. It feels like it's been a year since we've read Flame of Recca Volume 3. I don't think it's actually been that long. No, I think it's been about a month. I think it's slightly longer than normal, but it feels like a really long time ago to me for some reason. What did you think of Volume 4, Kevin? I liked Volume 4. Just one of the things I think that might be contributing to the fact that it feels like forever is... At least for me, I suddenly have a bunch of extra free time during yeah. that month. And, so, and we did miss two weeks. It's been a little over a month. It's been a month and a half looking at it. Yeah. But it's just kind of that I've been consuming a lot of other stuff. So it's like, oh, yeah. Like, it has, like it's been a little bit long. But normally I'm not watching as much, reading mm-hmm. as much during the time. But like I said, I liked it. I really like the backstory into Rekka's past. Yeah, it's been hinted at. It was pretty much just confirmed here. Although I guess at the end we get the whole thing, huh? Yeah, we get like the whole 
history. So I like that. I like pissed off Rekka. <laughs> I mean, that seems a tad cliche to me, but I didn't dislike it. I did really like the volume. It's still got that Yu Yu Hakusho energy for the ending of this arc. Although we yeah. do find out that Kurei is the going to be an overarching villain, at least for a little while longer. He survives this arc. Yeah, and I do like that. And it's like, it's not just a, oh, he managed to pull a smoke bomb and escape. But he also, like, had been kind of pushed into a corner. Mm -hmm. So it, like, it felt like a bit more like a draw. Like, I'll leave for now, but I could have killed you anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's like, he is stronger than he lets on in this. But Rekka also has room to grow, which I like. Yeah. I mean, it's good setup for the villain. I don't think he can survive the entire series like that. But he can definitely go a couple more arcs. Yeah. Well, at the very least, they hint that uh, there's somebody that he listens to, the the head of the thing or whatever. Yeah. You know, like, oh, the old man sent us. So it was like, okay, maybe he'll be another one of the villains. <laughs> there's definitely plenty of room for the series to keep going. Yep. Yeah, I d- kind of don't know what to say about it, because the arc ends not exactly how I expected, but it's got basically the energy I expected it to have. I enjoyed it quite a bit. But I can't help but compare it to the Yu Yu show still, and it still falls a little short at this point. Plenty of room to grow, and I think the direction it seems like it's going is going to be very different. Yeah. I like Rekka's, like, dragon, like his flame having a personification, and Kurnai's yeah. having the same. Yes, that's really cool. And the fact that, like, Rekka's is ridiculously powerful is, you know, always the, oh, he, like, normally the manifest as like lions or phoenixes or the harpy lady something like that but like the eight-headed dragon that's the most powerful or the dragon that's the most powerful and the eight-headed dragon is the most powerful dragon yeah there's no such thing as a nine-headed dragon right although that goes back to it's orochi the, which is a, a japanese yeah not a is it orochi it is yeah, orochi. orochi okay is the, yeah i thought so they had sync. yeah I, I suddenly my wires got crossed when i said it and i was like that's not right but it is Mm-hmm. I yeah, and you know, Rekka's mom kind of tells them what's going on, so there's not that tension anymore, which is a good time to resolve it. Yeah, I also like that she did not manage to skip herself into the future. Gotcha. She's been cursed to be immortal, and is like, no, I had to do it. The I you know I made it to the future the long way by waiting. Uh huh. Which is why she told Rekka she wanted to die at the beginning because the idea is like if you break the laws of space and time you're cursed with immortality yeah and i always like the immortality as a curse motif of like ah oh, it sounds so cool yeah but you have to watch everything like anything that you get attached to you have to watch die mm-hmm. so like it just it weighs on your soul and you're not allowed to die like it's a big thing i like that happens in doctor who a lot yeah where it's like he'll come into the moments of like you know i've been around for thousands of years and watched civilizations come and go like it gets lonely sometimes being the only immortal around except for that other one who's a jerk well that other one who's a jerk or all the i bet like you know <laughs> just, he's the i haven't watched dr yes. in a while and i i do like it so i'm not trying to make fun of it at one point Maze williams becomes immortal sure yeah i don't honestly have much to say. I'm still enjoying it. It's not like Bakuman, though, where I'm voracious for it. 
Yeah, it was more of a laid-back beat for Volume 4, because it's like, alright, let's wrap up the Kure stuff. So, he defeats the final, the wood dude, and because he's the flame guy now, and his flame powers are manipulated by his emotions. No, manipulated isn't the right Affected. word. Affected? Affected by his emotions? That's That's the word I was going for. So he just, like, incinerates the dude almost immediately. Because he's like, yeah, this is just a bad element matchup. Your wood versus my fire. Mm-hmm. I also love the bit where they're trying to open the door, or Domon's trying to open the doors, and the, the doll girl has snatched his strength ring out of his nose. It's like, ooh, look, a nose ring, and that's why he can't open the doors. So then Rekka comes in and just makes them explode. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that little bit. The way the little girl gets used is kind of disappointing to me. I don't mind her being, like, the point of weakness in the fight. But I was kind of hoping she'd stick around. I mean, it makes sense for them not to have a little girl following them around while they're doing dangerous ninja things. But I maybe she'll show she back up. I I realized she wasn't there for the the talk with the mom, mm-hmm. but that not to say that cuz like also the the guy with the gold weapon also left the group, so I'm thinking he might show up. Oh, almost certain as he, well. And that's one of the most interesting things about the volume is him leaving yes. and them like threatening him but allowing him to leave the group yeah so like i like that bit and maybe the two of them will show up at the same time kind of thing of like hey maybe we can be useful to yeah and you know people on the outside you know three-way conflicts are way more interesting than two-way conflicts they're also just much much harder to write so you don't see a lot of them especially in shonen stuff meant for kids yeah but that's like the most interesting element on the board i also like i do like the explanation at the end but Kure just being like an evil foil for Rekka I often think evil opposites make for the least interesting villains now that said it depends on what you're doing with them personality wise and there is a lot going on with Kure but I don't think he makes the best foil for Rekka no but I think he's pretty decent I do like that he's like because of the weird way the succession worked it was like he's technically the firstborn heir but, but he's the, he's second to in line a di- to like to the second yeah he's second in line because he was the firstborn heir to a different woman uh-huh. so it's like he was born first and I really like that the elder was uh, just did the uh, great evil license in <laughs> it was just like the whole reason I let another heir be born was that I didn't like that kid <laughs> so of course he's not <laughs> like of course he's not going to be the heir what are you talk you know what are you talking about his mother <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just don't have much to say about it. It was a quick read. I enjoyed it. The fight scenes yes. are pretty good. I, something we were talking about, I actually find the way it blends comedy in with the really serious scenes to be actually really uh, well done. And it's all done with yeah. just the drawing, which is why it's hard to talk about. Yeah. Like I said, with that bit with the, uh, hey, look, yeah. you know, hey, look, a nose ring yeah. is to set up. That's the first time we see that Rekka's really pissed and his flame powers seem to be bigger than they were is he just literally vaporizes the door and it's like he wasn't able to do that before yeah and so like that's how they introduce it a gag bit on the fact that domon's got super strength but she removed the ring so he didn't have the super strength so he couldn't open the door but i do agree with you there isn't really much else to talk about with this one it was a good read i liked it i'm gonna keep reading flame of Rekka. i'm you know of course we are but this didn't make me go ah well, maybe I won't continue with this. This was just like, yeah, I'll pick up the next volume and get to it 
not when I get to it, but it's like, this will be close to the top of my list. But it definitely didn't have the same thing as with Bakuman, where I'm like, I absolutely have to read the next volume. Mm-hmm. If you don't have anything else to say about it, that brings us into personality power level, right? Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? Personality power level is the segment where we rank manga characters from best to worst. At the very top is Uzumaki Naruto, which I, is he's a Hokage, right? Yeah. At the very bottom is that guy who's not Yamcha from that time I got reincarnated as Yamcha. He's not even a ninja. Nope. Dead in the center, we have Buggy the Clown from One Piece. So who do we want to put on the list this week? It was pretty obvious Obvious last week, I felt. It was. I guess first let's talk about what, who we have on the list already and if we want to move any of them. Our top character from the series is uh, Rekka Hanabishi. He is at number 19 below. Chihaya from Chiafuru, and right above Fuko from Flame of Rekka. I think he's fine where he is right now. Yeah. Same with Fuko, who is right below him. I don't think she yes. improved at all. And honestly, I don't think Inagi did either. He doesn't have much to do here. Yeah, we didn't really get much character because this was a lot of exposition into the world and the the like the history of the characters, not necessarily like their actual character. So I none of them move because not a whole lot happened besides Rekka like finally getting serious and getting his dragon yeah. powers. So who do we want to add, do you think? Do we maybe want to tack on his mom now that she's kind of had this at least mini character arc of playing the villain and then like you know, I played the villain so that you could make <laughs> Shonen friends and get a battle battle team together to go defeat your evil twin or your half your uh usurper half. Yeah, we can do that. I don't know. She's pretty standard fare, right? For the, you know, mysterious trickster antagonist. She is, yeah. And she... I'm, she's the less interesting version of the trickster antagonist, I think. I like when they stay still that antagonist for a very yeah. long time. Even if they eventually end up liking the the main character, they usually end up being, like, still tricky and maybe foiling them every now and again. But it's not like she's bad. Like, I like that I especially like that she was like, yeah, I played the villain so that you could form a shonen battle She's very much like, I believe in the power of shonen anime, so I pitted you all against each other, hoping to form valuable friendships. (laughs) And it worked, so go (laughs) Uh, me. Maybe she had a practice team like 200 years ago? Yeah, I mean, she's been around for 400 years, so. I don't think she's as good as Buggy the Clown. Not that Buggy's the same sort of trickster antagonist role, but... No, uh, like I said, I like uh, Buggy is in that kind of trickster antagonist role where it's like he shows up and he's still like an antagonist but like he hasn't strictly done anything against luffy in a very long time but he's still there and being sneaky how do we think she compares to yanagi from flame of Rekka? because i really don't know yeah part of the problem with yanagi is we really haven't gotten a whole lot with her i hope we get more of her in the next volume do we think she's better than than yanagi I would say yes, because she's had some character development, and I really like the troubled immortal trope, where she's like, yeah, I've I've had to live for 400 years and watch everything Mm -hmm. die around me, and like that, you know, I'm cursed to live till the end of time. Queen Beryl's another, you know, antagonist that's got some age on her. I think slightly above Queen Beryl, maybe? Sure. How do you think she compares to Maka from Soul Eater? I think I locked 
I like Maka a little bit more just because I've seen Maka's entire character arc. And I like the way she changes throughout the series. Okay, so then Kagihoshi, who is Rekka's mum, will go at number 41, below Maka and above Queen Barrel. Okay. And that just about does it for this week. We are going to try to do another summer where we just read all shonen manga if Shonen Jump continues to cooperate and come out. So we will start that next week with a Dragon Ball, since we usually start with Dragon Ball. Volume 3 is where we're at. Yep. In the meantime, our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fist Fight by Tom W. Emerit. Other mes- music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions. And our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt www.lastpodcast.com is our website where you can check out our past episodes if you want to see what we thought about earlier volumes of Flame of Rekka or Dragon Ball before you catch up with us next week. www.patreon.com is our Patreon page if you want to help support the show. We haven't been able to do much to provide bonus content there with the corona outbreak lately, but we should be getting back to it pretty soon. Anything you'd like to plug this week kevin not this week all right have a great week guys 